This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White, and it's the day after signing day. And uh, hopefully everybody's okay, all the sports fans out there anyway. If you're not a sports fan, uh, be glad that you're not a sports fan on that day because it can get hectic, <laughs> and a lot of people are super mad. You hate, uh, about you hate signing day. I mean, yesterday, everybody I ran into was really aggravated yesterday, even non-sports fans. I think it carries over. Especially in places like Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida. Places in the South where football is really important. I don't know what Alabama has to be mad about. Nothing. I mean, they're getting people to walk on. They're getting five-star defensive linemen to walk on in Alabama. So I don't know what the problem anybody with Alabama. I don't know why anybody in Alabama would be mad. One of my buddies texts me and, who went to Bama and says it feels like Christmas Day to him. Every year he loves it. And I was like, well, I guess so. I bet. I bet you do. I bet you do. I'd love it too. <laughs> All right. So uh, yesterday was signing day. Today on the program we'll have Chris Brooks from Mississippi Gridiron. And uh, he'll talk with us about maybe who the winners were, who the losers were. And uh, about uh, with Chris, you could look at it from a college football perspective and also, of course, a high school uh, perspective because he is, uh, you know, one of the absolute best uh, people covering uh, Mississippi high school football in the state of Mississippi. So a couple of different ways uh, to look at it. As always, there is uh, uh, college basketball going on, uh, men's and women's Mississippi State right up there. Uh, at the top of the SEC, still in the top five in the country in rankings and, and RPI. And uh, interestingly enough, you know, the one loss they have was that uh, close road loss at South Carolina. South Carolina wound up losing a game in conference. So uh, in the loss column, they're tied. Now, South Carolina still has the tiebreaker on Mississippi State. But, you know, if you were hoping to win the league, you need South Carolina to lose at least twice while State has to win out. Uh, and part of that happened. So uh, if you're a state fan hoping that the uh, Bulldogs can win the Women's Southeastern Conference Basketball League this year, there's uh, a little bit uh, of a better chance than there was a week ago. So good news for them, but they're still rolling. And uh, on the men's side, boy, we had uh, <laughs> the uh, the Egg Bowl on the hardwood. It was almost an identical version of the Egg Bowl on the football field except reversed. Right. Right. As Ole Miss hung, uh, hung Mississippi State, uh, hung a 27-point defeat on Mississippi State, the worst loss State has had uh, against the Rebels since 1951. That is harsh. And uh, that was an Ole Miss team that didn't really even shoot that well. They were 6 of 23 from three. They just, you know what they didn't do, Jay? What's that? They didn't turn the ball over at all. Yeah. And uh, it kind of makes you want to go back and and uh, and think what might have been because if this team had uh, taken care of the basketball like that the last month and a half, We'd be talking about a team that's headed towards the NCAA tournament and a team that had upset the number two. Well, it was the second half now. against Baylor, mm, 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 uh, mm, which mm. was a game over the weekend. Sorry, didn't mean to bring that up. No, for no, you. I'm just saying that that was but an they opportunity. They had one, one turnover in the first half. Now, look, that's an unrealistic expectation for anybody to carry through 20 minutes of basketball, zero turnovers. But uh, you know, I, I, it was uh, they 
had a chance to win that game late, and uh, Baylor wound up uh, stealing the victory there. Uh, so, yeah, they but you won. know, Baylor lost by what, three points to Kansas at Kansas yeah. uh, just this other night, and Kansas hadn't lost at home in a conference game since like the Reagan administration. So <laughs> they beat Kentucky, who beat Ole Miss by about thirty nine. <laughs> Yeah, so 60 points in the first half in Oxford. Yeah, Kentucky's, they've been hit and miss. It's been very interesting. All right, Sam, the uh, the 24-7 sports uh, college football recruiting class rankings, Alabama, as you mentioned, number one. That's like the, I don't know, fourth, fifth, seventh, ninth. Straight, seventh straight number one recruiting class for the Crimson Tide. Yeah, you mentioned. Unprecedented. It was unprecedented at three. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that they had uh, a four-star recruit who's a top 100 prospect in the country. Um, you know, at the last minute, they kind of pulled their scholarship offer from him. They they ran out of room as it kind of, I guess that's the explanation for it sometime or another. I understand how things like that can work out. Uh, you have to make backup plans and backup plans for backup plans, and you can't tell people they're the backup plan. So when it all happens, you just kind of have to be like, hey, this is the way it broke. Uh, three or four guys came in that we didn't know whether they would or not. That's took up all of our scholarships, and now we don't. Now we don't have the room. Uh, I'm sorry. That, it's, you know, that's not fun. It's not. It's not the way we prefer it to work. But that's the way it works. Uh, but this guy uh, decides that he's going to walk on. He's going to walk on in Alabama. He's going to be a gray shirt. So <laughs> there you go. I don't know. It's interesting to me. Rich I got a lot richer, of thoughts man. about that that I don't necessarily want to put on the radio. Uh, <laughs> we got we got a ten second delay, over right? Well, I don't know for that. No, I'm just, just kidding with that. It's a it's a tough situation. Look for for uh, schools to go into. My thing with that is just go somewhere where you know you'll you can just get a scholarship because you're that good. And there are boo coodles of universities. Yesterday, probably how many universities are there that play football in D one? One hundred twenty. Or one twenty eight. Excuse in, me. In the FBS, it's uh, it's like one hundred twenty eight, one thirty one, yeah. so something 130, like that. Thirty. If they're one thirty one, one hundred thirty uh, universities would have taken him, and uh, one hundred twenty seven. If they're one twenty eight, would have taken him to play too. So, right. hey man, I get it. you may grow up Bama fan. You want to go there? You got to go there. You got to do it. I'd be like, well, I'm try some of these other hats on and see how they fit because <laughs> they're going to pay me to go to school there, right? Uh, scholarship wise, anyhow. So I'd be checking that out. So Mississippi State finished 24th, Ole Miss finished 30th, and uh, Southern Miss is, uh, I believe they finished 80th uh, out of the 130, and uh, everybody is really excited about what they were able to do. Um, you know, some folks, uh, you know, there was a lot of, I guess, fear that, that Ole Miss was really going to have, uh, Southern Miss finished 79th, excuse me, uh, there was going to be some some issues with this class and, and uh, the cloud hanging over them, the NCAA stuff, uh, was holding them back a little bit. And uh, Hugh Freeze even said so much yesterday in his uh, press conference. He called uh, this year and uh, the battle that they had to have to put this class together a punishment, essentially, from the NCAA, which I agree. Uh, I don't know if I say that on signing day, uh, because, um, and, and he, it, it was, I, I feel like some of the, some folks in the media kind of took that out of context, but, uh, you know, if I'm a parent of one of the people that just signed with Ole Miss, I don't know if I actually want him calling our, the part of the recruiting class that our son was in, uh, a punishment. See, and I, I will, I will beg to differ with you here on this. 
Yeah, uh, I, think, I know that's not what he meant. I think he called. I think he's he his. Me, and my wife had this. Oh, it's, whole, a, it's a direct it finger wag at the NCAA. Yes, that's what he means it as. He says it's a punishment recruiting under <clears> this <throat> cloud. He is not. He by no means meant mean. He by no means meant that anyone on this recruiting class was a punishment to have to go after and recruit. Oh, I know he's not stupid enough now, to I, mean that, but I, people have yeah. al- I mean, people have already taken his words out of context. I mean, yeah. they took him out of context immediately because well, well, that's the way the media works. People posted on their social media accounts. Some folks, uh, uh, and, and, and you know, we had David Brown on the program last week. He posted half the quote yesterday and uh, then went back and posted the whole quote. And I'm like, you got to post the whole quote, man. If you're going to post something, you can't just snap the sentence in two uh, places. Yeah. I watched the press conference yesterday and saw no, I saw nothing wrong with that statement whatsoever. I didn't even, I didn't even think back to go back and listen to it again. Right. And I watched, uh, I watched in my, I watched them all yesterday afternoon, um, getting ready for our program. So. All right. So your thoughts, you, you, I mean, I mean, you were neck deep in this yesterday. So tell <laughs> yeah. me, give me your thoughts overall on the whole thing. I was a little bit out of, t- out of, out of touch with it this, uh, this season. I have some buddies of mine, uh, Chris Brooks and I actually share buddies who, uh, who keep up with this religiously and I can't. I can't get into it as much as uh, as much as those guys do. Uh, look, uh, Ole Miss. I don't think uh, anyone has anyone who has followed this program the last four years, uh, recruiting wise, is going to sit here and tell you that this was a great uh, recruiting class. I think obviously the NCAA had something to do with it. Um, we'll, what I would love to know from Chris is that which one of these guys uh, will be will be impact players next year because Ole Miss did sign some linebackers, some pretty heralded linebackers, a couple of four-star linebackers that uh, they're going to need to step in immediately, Jay. I mean, if you saw this team last year, uh, me and you could have played a linebacker for them uh, at some <laughs> point, and I'm not joking. I think they actually would have taken our body and put it, and put us on the field just to take up some space Yeah, because nobody was uh, – there was no – no one has was there. Uh, for some of these, uh, for some of these deals, so that's what's curious to me about it. Can they weather the storm and next season get the recruiting back up to a level that it was at a, a year ago? You know, this team signed a top five recruiting class last season, so we'll see what uh, we'll see what they have to say about that. Uh, as far as Mississippi State goes, you and I were talking about it in the hallway earlier. Uh, how many of these JUCO defensive players are going to come in and be ready to go right off the bat? Because this was a really bad defense last year at Mississippi State as well. They're going to need us, uh, their new coordinator Grantham, to to get these guys up and ready to go. And I think they've recruited pretty well. I think they've recruited to their needs. But, uh, you know, as well as I do with JUCO, it's like you either get the, the Cam Newton, Chad Kelly, Nick Fairley deal where they're just unbelievable right off the bat, or it takes a little while for the light to come on. And with this uh, defense last season, it's going to take – if it takes a little while for the light to come on, that's not going to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. This defense was bad last year. Well, I know, you know, state fans know as well as anybody uh, the pros and cons of of relying too heavily on uh, junior college players. Uh, that was an issue that uh, came up during, uh, you know, kind of the close of Jackie Sherrill's tenure there. Uh, and he kind of – he went back and forth on his philosophy uh, two or three times toward the end, and it's it, it wound up kind of backfiring on them. But uh, – yeah, I think nine JUCOs for Mississippi State. I want to say that that is uh, only four or five schools signed more. Uh, there were two or three schools that signed as many. Uh, so uh, that's um, – but that you do have the option in Mississippi – of leaning heavily on JUCOs because of the system that we have here. And, and I'm, not, uh, I'm not hating on it whatsoever. No, I, mean, I understand. There are great players there that definitely deserve an opportunity to come in and play. It's just a dependence on someone hopping right into the SEC and and pulling that defense up that was so bad last season. Let's say that they were not the worst. 
<laughs> Ole Miss was worse. <laughs> that state defense was pretty bad at times as well. And with a great quarterback that they got, they have Nick Fitzgerald next year. Mississippi State's going to be looking to make some noise and going five and seven again is not going to not not what they're looking for. Six and seven. Oh, six and seven. Excuse <laughs> me. Uh, so Ole Miss, Ole Miss signed a bunch of linebackers. You, I think you kind of touched on that a little bit, uh, and that's something that a lot of people are excited about, and, and that's going to be something that they'll have to deal with this year is a handful of the guys are going to have to jump in there and play right off the bat. Uh, you know, True freshmen are going to have an impact on their on the defensive side of the ball for them, including uh, D.D. Bowie uh, from Morton, who's a four-star guy who's been recruited as an athlete slash wide receiver. And within the last week, uh, it's it's come to be known now that, that he suggested to Ole Miss that he switch over to the defensive side of the ball. I suppose that's how it worked. But uh, anyway, I mean, uh, Hugh Freeze referenced him as, uh, you know, the, the best athlete that he's seen um, as a high school player in Mississippi and that he's going to be in their defensive backfield this year. So it's it's almost like a – he spoke about it in, in past tense, decision-making mode. So yeah. that's uh, – Might be a win-win for them if he does that. And, and yeah. it'll be a win-win for D.D. Bowie as well because it'll put him on the field immediately. Yeah. Maybe pull a, a Chris Jones-type Jones deal at Ole Miss, not the – is that his name from Eupora? It was a receiver in high school and then went to play DB at Ole Miss for a while. He had a pick six against Georgia this year. I think so. So I know there was a Chris Jones that was on all-everything lineman at Mississippi <laughs> State now plays for the Chiefs. But the interesting question that's for— That's the Houston Chris Jones. Yeah, that's true. And what, what about USM, Jay? Are they going to be able to replace Nick Mullins next year? I mean, this is kind of a, a transition season for, uh, for the Golden Eagles losing what you and many others, including Rod Gilmore— during their bowl game, I would say is uh, the uh, the most important player in USM football history. Uh, one of the very best, uh, and because uh, you know he was the quarterback that inherited a team that had won. Uh, I mean, like what a game in 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 twenty four months, one game in twenty four months, and you know he kind of led them uh, back to prime. I mean, they won the div- they won a division last year. Uh, they underachieved this year, but still, I mean, uh, underachieving at seven and six for Southern Miss is way better than going zero and twelve, one and eleven. Yeah, uh, any day of the week, uh, they'll take it uh, versus uh, the what the options were previously. So yeah, I mean, he is largely responsible for uh, the the reinvention uh, of that program. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's he's really important. But I mean, also, I mean, Ito Smith. Uh, super important. He's had two incredible years, and uh, I made this mistake on the radio yesterday, thinking that he was a senior and graduated. He's got another year? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, that's an instant headache for everybody in Conference USA. That guy's got another year to play? Yeah, it'll help their new quarterback. And he's dancing all over the place already. Yeah, but uh, a Southern Miss, uh, I, everybody that I saw uh, that's you know part of you know, the coaching staff, certainly fans, which is unusual because usually fans are always split one way or another about what their class ultimately looks like and what it's going to accomplish. And then uh, the people who cover them, uh, everybody was universally super excited about Southern Miss's incoming class, calling it uh, potentially the best in a decade. And it doesn't reflect that in the rankings, but Southern Miss, you know, Conference USA schools, I think by 24-7 rankings, Florida Atlantic, had the best recruiting class, they're ranked like seventy first. You know, so and they I just mean, had an influx of of fame <laughs> coming <laughs> right. in there as well. 
But I think they're really excited about some of the guys that they have. Uh, Darius Mayberry, the uh, three-star tailback from Clinton, is one of those guys. Uh, and they uh, flipped Paul Gaynor, who's uh, uh, a three-star uh, offensive line uh, uh, guard uh, from Gaucher, flipped him from Mississippi State uh, uh, late in the process, and he came in late in the day. Uh, they're really excited about what they did. I think they, they feel like they uh, addressed a lot of specific needs. So, yeah, I think they're they're excited about what they did also. They also got some pretty decent names. Hmm. Uh, I know you, you talk, we talked about yesterday, this guy's an internet sensation now. Uh, Kobe Buffalo, Buffalo Meat, Meat yeah. is a real person's name. Uh, <laughs> Southern Miss has a couple of really good names, including uh, Wydell Flott. And uh, everybody's favorite uh, seems to be... Uh, Bubba Flood. Yeah. F-L-U-D-D. Bubba Flood. Ole Miss signed a player yesterday named Sincere David. He's very kind. <laughs> That's right. He's he's a true guy. He's very he's he's he means a lot right. to the university and uh, and the environment. He'll be uh, he'll be around. We'll have to ask uh, Chris who's going to be on here with us after the break. Uh, I don't know if he'll tell us any of the uh, any of the names as some of these parents may have not wanted that to be uh, out there. But boy, he's he's got some gems that he's covered over the years. Uh, <laughs> he's told me about a few times. Absolutely, really, really, really funny. Bubba Flood and. Uh, and Wydell Flott, I mean, that sounds like the new Midnight Express to me, if there ever was one. Oh, man. It sounds be, like the, the four horsemen from Notre Dame or something. Right. <laughs> It'd be an amazing tag team. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have Chris Brooks from Mississippi Gridiron, and uh, we'll dig a little bit deeper in and has, have uh, – we like to talk. Chris is an expert. He's an actual expert on these things. I have to ask him how the how my Clinton Arrows are going to repeat next season, losing Darius Mayberry, Cam White, and Cam Akers. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be tough. We'll do that after this break with Sam Wells and Jay White. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. Start your day with the news on Morning Edition and catch up later with All Things Considered. But the news doesn't wait. Stories evolve during the day in courtrooms, financial markets, on the streets, and at kitchen tables locally, nationally, and all around the world. I'm Jeremy Hobson. Each weekday, check in with Here and Now for the news as it is happening. That's Here and Now from WBUR and NPR News. Weekdays at noon on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening on this Thursday morning. Coming up in just a few minutes, we have Chris Brooks from Mississippi Gridiron. Hey, uh, new professional basketball is coming to the state of Mississippi. Uh, this is from the Commercial Appeal. 
The uh, Memphis Grizzlies will own and operate an expansion NBA Development League franchise locally starting next season. Uh, the team announced uh, last, I think it was this Monday, I guess, maybe last Monday. Uh, there's no name yet for the team, but the team will play a 24-game home schedule at the Landers Center in South Haven, DeSoto County. Um, the Grizzlies were previously affiliated with a team in Iowa called the Iowa Energy. Okay. Um, and that franchise is moving to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Grizzly Gen- Grizzlies general manager Chris Wallace uh, said this allows us to best develop our future Grizzlies players. So that's cool. It's almost like uh, the Atlanta Braves who moved their AAA team to Gwinnett, which is a suburb of Atlanta. Um, so now the Grizzlies in Memphis – Uh, instead of somebody having to fly from wherever the minor league team is and, uh, you know, you have to plan, you know, a day or so in advance or something like that. I mean, you can call them and they might be able to be there in like 45 minutes or something like that, depending on the the interstate traffic in Memphis, which can be problemsome. Yeah, they should call them the the Cubs or something, like the Grizzlies and then like the... The little, the little baby. I see you working. Bears. That's not see, bad. It's not, that's not a bad. Uh, yeah. Or the baby bears or something like that. I don't know. And they probably wouldn't want to be called that, I guess, if you're like a professional athlete, be called like a baby. It's interesting. <laughs> More teams are uh, closely affiliating with their with their minor league teams. And the, the NBA D-League is, is, by the year, becoming more of a, um, what you would think of, I guess, proper as a minor league uh, like uh, the the International League or the Pacific Coast League in, in uh, Major League Baseball's AAA. So you know, like San Antonio, their AAA team is the Austin Spurs. So they're just, all of their marketing is Spurs, which I can understand to a certain extent. And more and more teams are, are doing that, and they don't necessarily have their own um, kind of marketing and stuff like that, as you have in some other minor leagues. But uh, I don't know. So they might be the South Haven or Mississippi Grizzlies or something like that. But that would be pretty neat. Regardless, though, you're going to have a D-League team in Mississippi, in DeSoto County, playing at the Lander Center in South Haven, 24-game schedule, starting this next basketball season, which is pretty cool. Yeah. All right, let's uh, shift the gears here and go to the phones, back to uh, National Signing Day, which was yesterday, and on to uh, speak with us. We welcome back to the program Chris Brooks from Mississippi Gridiron. Chris, good morning. How are you, sir? I can't complain, Jay. How are you, man? I'm doing well, man. It's good to have you on. Uh, d- d- these days, you know, the, the joke in the past is the day after signing day is like, oh, man, are you relaxing now? Are you going to take a break or something like that? But it seems now uh, with so- with social media and everything and all the websites that we have and all the platforms, it's almost it's it's a nonstop cycle. And, and now we're, you know, some coaches are already into the next two or three classes. Uh, and it's like that for everybody. You know, and you're right on the coaches. They have to go ahead and turn the page and start working on their 2018 classes because if they don't, I mean, somebody is. But the truth is that's like that in any profession these days. Social media never stops. You can't get away from your phone. You just have to you know, learn to deal with working or at least having it on your brain 24-7. If you can't deal with it, you're not going to be successful. Who do you think is the most excited out of the, the, the big three, the FBS schools in Mississippi? Who do you think is most excited today, all things considered, fans, coaches, and everything else? Who's the most excited about the class they had? You know, that's, a, that's actually a very good way to frame it. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday. This is a rare year. It feels like all three fan bases are happy with their classes for completely different reasons. Yeah. 
Um, state finished with a class. That's it's kind of what they do every year when they're Dan Mullen. Somewhere between 20, 25 on average, they're going to sit right there. They signed a couple of the top players in Mississippi, and they this year they finished ahead of Ole Miss. So they seem to be happy. Ole Miss fans have been spoiled with their class the last few years because they've been you know five to to fifteen twenty somewhere in there for four years now, and this is kind of a different deal for them to be sitting at. I've seen them anywhere from twenty seven to I think thirty seven somewhere in there. Yeah. But under the circumstances, some of those fans were expecting this thing to be in the fifties. So to get that high, to, to be able to crow about, find whatever their favorite recruiting ranking is, and I'm sure they'll use the <laughs> highest one, say we finished in the top 30, they seem to be relieved more than excited. And then Southern Miss, it's a, it's a little bit different level because they don't get the fanfare that, that the SEC gets, but they signed quietly one of the best classes they've probably signed in eight to ten years. So I know their fans are excited about it. So the the from a high school perspective, the 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 big names in Mississippi – uh, one of the interesting things to me, Didi Bowie, uh, receiver out of Morton, uh, all through this process, he's kind of been looked at as a receiver, maybe slash athlete. And uh, I don't know, I guess maybe within the last week or so, it's uh, it's been he's been it's all of a sudden he's going to be a defensive back. And now I'm hearing that you know that was kind of his suggestion to the old Miss people. So your thought about that and seeing him as an athlete, um, uh, the the fact that this top caliber player in the state of Mississippi is going to be kind of changing positions, I guess, from maybe what the expectation was. But your thought on that and maybe you know, what kind of success level can you project for him? Uh, from, from Ole Miss's perspective, I can see why they they brought that up with him. Yeah. And, and Didi does seem to be okay with it. They need cornerbacks and defensive backs. And honestly, if you look at Didi, he is a rare kid that he has size. He's a little over six foot tall. He's probably a little over six one, right around two hundred pounds. Except he runs like a much smaller cornerback would. So you can see those skills in him real quick. Um, honestly, I'm not, even if he played receiver, Jay, that was going to be a learning curve for him as well. I mean, he played receiver exclusively last year. I mean, they used him some at running back, but he played mostly receiver. He had a good year. This year they moved him to quarterback, where they basically ran the wildcat with him. Yeah. Hey, let's snap the ball to Didi and just let him run around and that's what they did uh so i mean he was going to have to to uh he was going to have to have a learning curve wherever position he ended up he's played a little bit of defense honestly hasn't played a ton of uh, but he's an exceptional athlete I'd, I'd be surprised if if he's not successful at whatever they put him at he'll uh, he'll return kicks that type of stuff turn punts but um, i'm anxious to see what he does on the defensive side i can see what they're seeing Chris, uh, we're joined by Chris Brooks here on uh, MPB Season Pass with Jay White and Sam Wells. Chris, uh, Mississippi State's on nine JUCO players. Can you tell us which of these nine, or all nine, <laughs> which of these uh, nine players are ready to jump in there and play right away? Because this defense needs a lot of help from last season. They got a new coordinator uh, to come in here and try to and try to fix what the uh, problems were. Yeah, well, they had problems on defense, like you said, and that's why they went so heavy on the junior colleges with the nine kids. That's probably a few more than Dan Mullen would like. But, look, if you're going to be in a year where you need to take more junior college kids, find the right ones. And they, it's not like they just took junior college kids for the heck of I mean, they found some good ones. Uh, if I'm going to pick one out that's going to play immediately, there will be several that will, but probably Jonathan Abram will be at the top. Um, he's a, a Mississippi kid. He played in the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game. I think he's from – East Marion or West Marion, one of the two. 
Um, but he, he goes out of state, he signs with Georgia, actually started a couple of games as a freshman. So he's already started games in the SEC, transferred out of there, went to junior college in Mississippi, and then State's able to bring him back on board. So you would expect him right away to be inserted into the starting lineup considering he earned starting status as a true freshman at Georgia. Chris, uh, from a high school perspective, uh, uh, or I guess from a recruiting perspective, it's interesting looking at you know the top 50 players from, from 24-7 in the state of Mississippi to see all of the different names of schools that, that got into the state of Mississippi. There was much talk this year. It was a huge story about you know how many of the Dandy Dozen or the top 10 or however you want to break that down how many of those guys went out of state this year uh, you know florida state landed the number one player louisville was doing a lot of damage in the state uh, iowa state was on a lot of players lists iowa memphis signed five of the top 50 players i saw this year um a little bit about that what, what do you think the influence is or is not that is causing uh, a much wider spectrum of teams to to have success recruiting in mississippi well i think it's it's mainly two factors um the Ole Miss NCAA deal was a big deal. You know, that, I, do, I do think that affected them a lot in Mississippi. They weren't able to do what they normally do, which under Hugh Freeze, they've been pulling in you know, three or four of the top ten players in Mississippi every year. And this year they pull in two. Um, heard them with Cam Akers, probably heard them with a couple others. So I think that's one aspect of it. If, if they bring in a couple of extra kids, uh, then we're back to where we normally are with State and Ole Miss combining for seven or eight of the top ten. And uh, the second part of that, I do think there's a lot of truth to this. You know, State and Ole Miss are kind of victims of their own success a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that run they had where the Mississippi Mayhem thing and the Sports Illustrated covers, I do think coaches around the country took notice of that. And there's no doubt that we had as much or more outside colleges um, recruiting activity in, in this state than we've had in a long, long time. So when you bring those other schools in here, Louisville or whether it be Florida State or, or whoever, it, it's going to be harder than ever to keep those kids in Mississippi. Let me ask you about uh, this next coming year. Um, the, the the Mississippi high school class for 2018, or it, we see you know, Willie Gay was a big name this year. Mississippi State was able to hang on to him. Um, Didi Bowie we talked about. There's a handful of different guys. Aaron Odom. Who are maybe you know a couple of the big names from this next year's class coming up that by this time next year will be household names for the Mississippi football sports fan? Well, Jay, it's going to be a different year in Mississippi. This is not a big year. Um, you'll see, I don't know how many offers we'll see in state from the in-state schools from Ole Miss and State. You know, there's some guys at the top of it. You're thinking like uh, like a Fabian Franklin, a running back from Hattiesburg, mm-hmm. but I know LSU has, has already offered. Ole Miss and State will battle over him. Uh, Marcus Murphy, he's an athlete from West Point, plays running back, receiver. That kid's a really, really good player. Uh, you'll see him. And then a local kid here in, in the, the Jackson area, uh, Marquise Heath, or Marquise Heath, rather, from Callaway. That's a kid. He's a, a wide out. He's 6'3-ish, somewhere in that ballpark, a couple hundred pounds. And even as a junior last year, if you see him play, he's one of those freak athlete kids. He looks like he could play SEC right now. Yeah. I and mean, you'll hear a lot about those three kids. You know, honestly, after you go past five, six, seven kids, it, it gets iffy. Um, I'm not sure if we have any offensive linemen in the state, unless there's some kids in the academy that I haven't seen, which they had a really good year this year in the academy yeah. with three or four Division ones. There's not a lot in the public schools. There's a kid at Greenwood that's already – 
I committed to Mississippi State. He's six eight. He's huge. He's six eight three forty, and his name is <laughs> me right now. But outside of him, I don't know if we have another offensive lineman. I mean, it's just it's going to be a big year here in state. But those guys I mentioned, those will be the, the top three or four kids that, that everybody's after. Very interesting. All right, so that's something to look at. Uh, maybe the 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 across the board level of top level guys is down for next year. All right, so let me let me ask you about uh, I want to ask you about quarterbacks. This is so interesting to me. It seems like uh, I mean you mentioned there are a lot of schools. You know, Didi Bowie winds up being the quarterback uh, basically because he's far and away going to be the best athlete in the field in in almost all, if not all, of Morton's games. Uh, Cam Akers. There was much talk about you know whether or not that guy could succeed at the top level as a quarterback. Played a tremendous game in the state championship game. Don't forget Willie Gay either. Uh, either Jay. absolutely, they they just plugged him right in because at you know at one point it's just he's such a freak athlete. We got to have the ball in this guy's hands, uh, you know, just to see what he can do or give ourselves a shot to see what he can do. But then there's other guys. Interestingly enough, um, the the three guys I just mentioned, they're not going to play quarterback uh, at at the place that they're going. And then you have guys like Jack Walker. Uh, at Madison Central, he's a three-star that's going to wind up at Georgia State after he was uh, at Florida Atlantic for a while. Um, um, we've got it was uh, Minshew, Gardner Minshew from a couple years ago. Uh, this was a guy who was highly successful anyway at Brandon, and he winds up at East Carolina now through Troy and uh, Northwest Mississippi Community College. Uh, Miles Brennan on the coast, um, you know, wildly successful quarterback there, record-setting quarterback. Uh, he's going to be at LSU. What is the situation? Why, what is the deal with the Mississippi schools and not zeroing in on any quarterback in the state of Mississippi, any quarterbacks at all, really? Well, you have to consider a couple things. For one, there's still limited opportunities out there. I mean, it's just one spot on the field. Yeah. And the SEC is going to have 12 spots, and, of course, there's some backups there. But you're not going to see a ton of quarterbacks. I mean, it's hard for a quarterback to come up and to get a major Division One offer just because those things are so rare. Yeah, that's part of this. You know, Alabama has a very similar situation than we have. I mean, you haven't heard of a ton of Alabama quarterbacks right. that have come out of the state, and like Jameis Winston did, he came out with a big deal at Florida State. But you can't rattle off a ton of Alabama quarterback names either, uh, for the same reason as Mississippi. Now, I hear this a lot in terms of are we developing quarterbacks and you know, are we are our high school coaches running the right systems? Mississippi's not that all different than anywhere else. The only difference is you just look at populations. Um, I mean, we have some system. We don't have as many people as some of these other states. That's just that's, that's just a fact. But some coaches are going to run a, a a passing offense and one that would prepare quarterbacks for the next level, and then some are. And that's true in, in all states, pretty much across the board. But in terms of why we're not producing more, I mean, this just it is what it is. We just have not produced many. We haven't produced a whole lot of offensive linemen either. Yeah. Um, and this year is going to be one of those years. There's five spots on the field for that, and we might not have but a couple of offensive line kids that end up signing major power five offensive linemen. But it's interesting to me. It seems like the, whoever the top couple of offensive linemen are every year, the Mississippi schools are all in on them. The quarterbacks in Mississippi, though, it, it seems like, State, Ole Miss, and Southern are like, nah, nah, it's cool. Like, I mean, like for example, I mean, we're just just talking about Walker, who played at Madison Central, three star guy who's not on State or, or or Ole Miss's radar. You'd think, okay, well, that's an opportunity for Southern Miss to grab a three star quarterback, you know, from right underneath their nose, and they're not part of the process either. And that's 
That's baffling to me to a certain extent. Well, you also have to look at it from this aspect, too. I mean, it has to fit what these schools are doing. Yeah. You know, I would say, like Miles Brennan. Um, State didn't offer him because their offense does not. They don't doesn't fit what he does. Yeah, and just it just doesn't. The, the kid they brought in from Louisiana, um, Keaton Thompson. I mean, he fits what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss. They had a similar situation with Miles Brennan. He's not a perfect fit for what they do because they do like a quarterback that's going to run around a little bit. And Miles is not that tight. They offered him late because. They were having some issues with other quarterbacks bringing them in, but that was out of necessity more than anything else. So that's part of this. Um, but there's just there's not a ton of them. I mean, like you, you talked about Jack Walker. You know, the year before, last year, I guess, Keon Howard did sign with Southern Miss. So yeah. you have one guy. But even that year, Jay, you're looking at what Keon Howard, um, a kid like Jack Abraham that was a quarterback at Oxford, he leaves the state. Mm-hmm. I think Jack ended up signing with Louisiana Tech, if I remember. But we just we haven't produced a ton of Major, well, I mean, one quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Louisiana Tech has Jamar Smith, who was a quarterback at Meridian a, a couple of years ago. I, I it's interesting to me. Jamar, he fits what what State and Ole Miss did. Yeah, and at one point, I think Jamar might have either been committed or he was getting heavy interest. I think from State, might not have been committed, but he he had a lot of interest, and then it just waned at the end. I thought that was a really good player, but at the end of the day, I mean, these schools have to. And they have to sign the kid that they feel like are the best players. You know, if they're lining up Jay Moore Smith with a kid they're recruiting from Texas or Alabama, and if they feel like that other player is going to be a, a better player, I mean, they're going to go that direction. I, I just think it's a case of there's few spots out there to be filled, and we just haven't produced a, a ton of quarterbacks. Very interesting. I yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to run up against your opinion or anything. It just seems it, it looks like that to a certain extent it's almost like some of the, the bigger Mississippi schools are going out of their way to not take quarterbacks from Mississippi. I know that's well, not I mean, necessarily let's, what let's it is. But... It like this. I mean, if we try to think about quarterbacks that have left the state that have gone on to have great careers on a lower level, I mean, I don't know if we have any. I mean, Gardner has a chance at East Carolina, Yeah. Um, and I hope he does. And I thought I was hopeful that he would stay in the state, but I can't think of anybody that's left here that's gone on to have a, a – Big time career off the top of my head. That kid from uh, from Tupelo, I think, that went Hill, that went to uh, Marshall. Is the last kid that I can remember that even started yeah, another I, game. It's been a while. Like I, I can't think of anybody that went to like a big school outside of here where you can look back and say that. Well, why didn't they offer that guy? It just we haven't produced a whole lot. Yeah. All right, man. So tell us, uh, tell us what do you have going on the website and and uh, for folks who want to follow what you've been doing for re- you know recruiting and signing day and uh, radio show and everything else. Well, of course, we're doing the show every day from twelve to two on ESPN Radio one hundred five nine The Zone. Uh, we're still doing the magazine. We're doing it different. We put out six editions of this thing each year, so we can kind of split it up a little bit. The next one will be. Um, and I'll bring you a few copies of this when we get it out. We'll put out a really early college preview. It'll be April or May. And we'll uh-huh. be in high school later in the summer. So I'll have something that's just college-related that comes out in April, and, and I'll make sure I give you some info where to grab it. Very cool. Chris, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, Jay, talk to you guys soon. All right, Chris Brooks, Mississippi Gridiron right there. Uh, you know, and one of the things... Yeah, what was it? Stan Hill, I think, was a kid's name from yeah. Marshall. Long time that's ago. That's it, yeah. Yeah, I remember him. Not a long time ago, like 2009, <laughs> which is a long time ago. I guess it was like almost eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2009 doesn't feel – that shouldn't be a long time ago. No. I don't think. Anyway, um, Isaiah Willard is a guy that I want to mention uh, before we take this break here. Uh, record-setting running back from Presbyterian Christian. 
who is a two-star for some reason. I don't know. You watch this guy play. The guy's a truck, a five-foot-ten truck um, that just destroyed the MAIS. And I think you know playing in that organization is is largely why uh, his uh, skill set is underestimated. He signs with Ole Miss. Uh, I think it's a great get for the Rebels. An under-the-radar get that's going to pay off for them. We'll take a break, and uh, we'll be back with more right after this MPB Season Pass. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. Thank you for listening on this uh, Thursday morning. Sam, very cool uh, interview oh, coming up with a lot of great perspective. I'm really excited about this, Jay, because uh, we get to talk to a guy that I, I feel like a bad classmate because I haven't talked to Clarence in probably 10 years, I think. <laughs> and, uh, Clarence McDougal joins us now. Clarence coaches at Hines Community College, but Clarence, long ago, you were taking handoffs from a uh, soon-to-be pro wrestler. Uh, at Clinton man, High School. Don't say, I mean, don't say long ago. Well, man. we graduated the same year, so, you know, and he uh, threw uh, some off-the-field issues uh, with the rest of the team. Basically, Jay put the Clinton arrows on his back and drug us to the state championship, only to unfortunately come up short against Moss Point. But, uh, Clarence, thanks for joining us today, man. So we, we asked you to come on. Yesterday, of course, was National Signing Day, and you were part of a big class coming out of Clinton in, uh, and I guess it would be 2001, the spring uh, there with yourself, uh, Lacorius, Coco Hodge, and uh, uh, I believe Andrew Shepley was a pretty uh, highly recruited kicker uh, yeah. at the time. But uh, talk about the recruiting, your recruiting, and how uh, how it was in 2001. I, it wasn't that long ago, but uh, as far as technology and things like that, boy, it's a lot different now. Well, you know, it's a lot different now, but, you know, you got all the Twitter, you got all the Snapchat and Facebook and everything like that. But when I was coming out, you know, I still about my commitment. I committed in the state early in my in my uh, recruitment and in uh, my senior year. So you know they're recruiting a lot of coaches just college all the time and they just stay on you. You know you know you get tired of it sometimes. I know, <laughs> I know those guys. Yes, I know Jefferson and all the other guys. Man, I know they feel a lot of pressure off of the head. Now they 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 gonna sign and they, they did a good job. How much pressure is that? I know you, uh, you guys had a signing thing in the uh, in the library there at, uh, at Clinton High School, but like when you're about to sign this this letter, I know you made a commitment to Mississippi State. Did you do you get like a oh god, am I doing the right thing? I know I am, but I'm just kind of like this is kind of a big deal to make this decision for the next four years. For me, you know, Mississippi State was winning, and you know, it, it, was, it was a great opportunity for me. I feel like you know, because Dunte already went up there, Dunte Walker, he already went up there, and I saw you know I used to go to Mississippi State all the time, so it, it was a great. Moment for me in my life, you know, I, I just was happy with my decision, and I, and I stood back, you know. But a lot of coaches were steady calling me Nick Saban's and you know Bobby Bowden and all those guys. But it's hard to tell people know when you're 18 years old, you know, all the stuff them guys accomplished. You know, it's hard to tell them guys no, but you know, you just got to do what's best for you and your family. And you know, I thought Mr. State at the time was the best for me and, and my family, and I and I and I blessed that I was gonna go to Mississippi State. So I'm, I'm I'm still happy with my decision, and I'm gonna change it for the world. Let me ask you about, uh, you know, you're a coach now, as Sam mentioned, coming in, a coach at Heinz Community College. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a, it's in the, the, the MACJC, and that's a, that's, a, that's a high brand of football. It's very, very competitive, and uh, there's a lot of guys that are going to star on Saturday that are playing on Thursday nights around the state of Mississippi. How, how do you take, uh, you know, the, some of the things that you learned during your recruiting process and apply it to when you are recruiting guys now? But now, I, 
one thing about recruiting is, you know, I just try to get guys that fit in our system. You know, you got to get guys that fit in your system, and you got to get get guys they space. You know, I, I I recruit hard, but I get guys they space and try, you know, just try to talk to them and try to know what they're going through and what all this. And I try to be forward with them. You know, just what what's going on in your life and what 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 can we do to help you? You know, and then. Yeah. And then you can gauge on what how a kid, you know, respond to you. You know, but everybody I recruited and all that, they still they go on to play. They play their hands or they play somewhere else. They they always contact me and I keep up with them because I just say it's a family thing with me. I just try to help along the way. You know, some guys we ain't gonna get, some guys we don't get. But I'm always see your career. You you come to this junior college league and or you go off and play somewhere else. I'm always. See you around because it's just it's a small world, you know. So you always get to see him. You see him on Facebook and Twitter and all. You keep up with the guys. So that's what I try to do: be friends with them and just be a mentor to some of the guys. So let me ask you: you know, in recruiting, you know, so often the, the guys that are the most touted, you know, it, it it's kind of like the Major League Baseball draft. The highest touted guys a lot of times are hit and miss, and then it's some guys that come under the radar. That just work their way into success. Like for example, uh, you know, Tommy Kelly is a guy in 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 your recruiting class uh, that that was less heralded than a lot of the other guys in the class, and he he's a guy that works his way into the NFL and plays for a long time there. Uh, how, how, could you see those character traits in guys when they're coming in, or is it something that you know a lot of times these you know seventeen and eighteen year olds need to get out of the house and 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 kind of develop their own. Social environment and atmosphere, and, and learn how to grow up in quick order. Well, I think you just got to grow up because you know Tom Kelly, he fit the bill. He was six six, two hundred eighty pounds. You run, and you know, very athletic. So it just you work it. You always got to have work it, and you know, all that. But it, it, it's the point when you go to college. It's a different level. You know, there's a lot of big fishes up there now. So now you got to fit in. How can I make a name for myself and find a niche for myself? So you know, Tom Kelly did the junior college route. He just got kept getting better. He had a lot of up, you know. He had a lot of upside to him. You know, some guys in high school be the top dog. Now, is your draft still gonna be the same? Is you gonna, you know, because everybody, you go to college, everybody the same. So now you got to find another niche. And some people lose uh, their upside is over. You know, a guy like Tom Gill ain't played a lot of football. He got a lot more upside than a guy that been playing since he's 19, 11, 12th grade. He might cap out. You know. He might cap out earlier than, you know, a guy like a Tommy Keller or a guy like a, uh, a Frederick Copper or something like this. By coach, you know, high school, sometimes you don't get the, the right coach. You get the right coach, but then you don't live waste all the time. You know, college is a different aspect of everything. Like a Frederick Copper, he got to develop this into a great player. It's just about developing. You know, going to the right school to see what you can do. And that recruiting, you got to go to the right place and you're going to play and, and all that kind of stuff, too. Let me. Ask, Sam's got one question for you when we wrap up here in just a second. But I got to ask you, man. You guys locked up Freddie Jordan, uh, a tailback from Wayne County. Who, if you watch the five A championship game, you know, with, with all all you know the the quarterbacks and the receivers and all the numbers you heard about with Oxford and their offense, Freddie Jordan turned that game on its ear with his ability to run. And I know a lot of people weren't on him because what he's like five six, like one hundred and seventy yeah. pounds or something like that, and. I'm good friends with uh, with uh, Kelly Murphy, the offensive coordinator at Hines. I knew he was there on the field. Like after the game, I went down. And I was like, "You you guys are on him, right?" And he was like, "Yes, yes, we are." And then he winds up <laughs> he's he's winds up signing with Hines. I know you guys are excited to have him. Yeah, 
we really say to him, you know, Kelly Murphy did a great job of coming the guy, and he did a great job coming that area. And you got to find a guy that fits your program. You know, he did great things in the, um, in the championship game, and Coach Tate, you know, he's the offense coordinator, so he can do some things to help his career. So, you know, we, we love him. We love him. We're glad we got him down here, and he fit out what we'd like to do. You know, you can't go on what everybody else said. you got to right. get guys that believe in your system and, and fit in your system. And I think we think – Fred's going to do a great job, so that's why we got him, and we're happy to have him. Clarence, uh, we'll let you get out of here on this one. Uh, Cam Akers is a huge, huge recruit next season. Of course, uh, Nick Saban was down there uh, in Clinton a couple of weeks ago, and so was, uh, I believe, Urban Meyer uh, even stopped Urban in. Meyer. I stopped in our old high school to check out, check him out. What advice would you give him or any other highly tatted recruit like yourself uh, going into this process for his senior year? Well, Cam, it's about you. Make sure you got your grades in order. That's the biggest thing. Get your grades in order so you can where you want to go, but just be patient, man. Go to the best place that's going to fit him. That's what he got to do. Go to the best place that's going to fit you in the recruit. Go to the best place that's going to fit you and just, and just have fun with the process because you know a lot of people going to come, come calling down there and clean 4-1 every drive. They're going to come, so you just got to just be patient. Be patient. Just go somewhere where you know he want it and you know he have fun with the process. Clarence McDougal, or as we called him, Jay White, in our student section back then, prime time number nine for the Clinton Arrows and now coaching the Thanks for joining us today, Clarence. Good luck to you. And, uh, man, we got to do it again. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you all. All right. They got to get, they got to get the national title. Oh, yeah. At Heinz. Yeah. Man, that guy was electric in high school, Jay. Absolutely. I mean, un- Unbelievable! Uh, a couple of running backs we had. Uh, we, it being my arrow uh, team, then I was a swimmer, so I guess I can say we. Uh, with so the you athletic, went there, yeah, so with you the can athletic say department yeah. or whatever. But uh, had two really great running backs. Uh, Clarence was a safety. Those guys got hurt and uh, had some other issues come up. Clarence played every position on that field and took uh, the arrows along with Teddy DiBiase to the state championship game. <laughs> so a wonderful, uh, wonderful era there for Clinton Arrow football and a uh, fun, fun uh, conversation with Clarence. All right, we appreciate Clarence McDougall for coming on. We'll take a break, wrap it up after this timeout. You're listening to MPB Season Pass on Think Radio.